Hey guys, on this episode we are joined by photographer Jeremiah Smith to talk about his unique approach to photography, traveling the country, motorcycles, skateboarding, and some of the cool people he's met along the way. Just an all-around really cool dude. Be sure to check us out at heavyultra.com. You can watch our show on YouTube or listen anywhere podcasts are available. Awesome. Digging the sleeves, terrible. man. I almost wore my Beetlejuice shirt. I literally was looking at it and I was oh, like, yeah. nah, I'm not going to wear it now. Yeah, I always got hit. I always get hit. You know, I usually just wear this shirt straight up. I mean, it's a lot. A lot of people can't handle it. Yeah. You know, well, a lot of people can handle it. They just like to give me shit about it. Like, oh, what's up, Beetlejuice? Dude, I wore one on the last episode we did with um, uh, the vintage Shih Tzu guy. Um, uh-huh. You being in vintage a little bit, you may know him. But uh, I had a. Uh, Welcome Skateboards makes this, they made this rad hoodie that's kind of like half black and half white with like cheetah print. Oh, uh, I was wondering uh, where you got that thing. And dude, I posted it online and I think uh, Carl, I was like, what are you wearing? And he left it in the YouTube comments. And I was like, I thought it was a cool hoodie. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, I won't wear it every episode. But uh, but Fallen used to have a, uh, a striped hoodie that looked a lot like your shirt. Yeah. Um, dude, you were I had that forever. I wish I had it, man. I don't know what I did with it. <laughs> I took it and then I wore it for years and years and years. Oh, man, that <laughs> There's where it so went right rad. there. <laughs> I, I want to jump online to see if I can find one. Um, yeah. I'm sure somebody's got one. Anyways. I, I love this shirt. I wear it all the time and my chick loves it, which, you know, that's the most important because she's it looks the one, new. She's the one that it has does to, look brand I've new. I've had it for over 10 years. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, my buddy uh, Al from uh, Six Cycles made it a uh, long, long, long time ago when it was Blackboard 69. And I've had it forever. My sh- my friends will wreck me for wearing this shirt. I, you know, I'm friends with all the Haints, so they'll, they'll make I fun of me, I figured you were too. a Haint. No, no. no okay. Uh-uh. No, I'm just I a Haint around. <laughs> okay, sweet. Well, for the last 13 years. We've had a couple of the Haints, so I don't know what makes a full-blood member, but uh, I was like, yeah, yeah. maybe this is the first I don't know. We'd member. have to turn off the cameras if we want to talk about that. Mm. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's not like that at all. They're just... Uh, they're a group of buddies. Like I met them. I'm from Chicago. Well, not originally, but I met them when I was living in Chicago. And we, the first time we met, uh, we rode across country together. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. And they're they're the I mean Nick Resty and Dwayne and Bulls yeah. and all those guys. Those they're the reason that I pretty much moved here. Really? Right? Okay. Sweet. Yeah. So I've been friends with them for many many years. Lots of miles traveled, and their stories yeah. sounded so rad. <laughs> yeah, I know we only scratched the surface of some of the awesome tales from all the trips and stuff they've taken and stuff. We got to get them back on. It'd be cool. Yeah, part two would just only scratch the surface again, yeah. I'm sure. Well, dude, thanks for coming to hang. Jeremiah, yeah. I'm a big fan of your photography. I've been following you online for a while now. Thanks, and uh, man. I think you have a really unique perspective on all your photos and the way you do things. And I saw something online right before you got here. Um, you have... Uh, like a gallery or something coming up in January. Oh, yeah, Is that- yeah uh, I'm pretty. F- yeah, I'm pretty f- fortunate. Uh, I got invited to show my work at the Gadsden Museum of Art. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I'll have uh, my Finding Faith show will be up there for from June third and for about a month. So the opening reception is June third. Sweet. Um. So. So sh- Finding Faith. What is that, or what is the show based around? I so guess. the show is. Uh, that project has been has been an ongoing project. When I moved here about five years ago, I didn't have a job. I just had my camera, and I hadn't really done like um, 
like any sort of documentary photo work ever. I just kind of got in my car, started driving around and just taking photos of, of stuff I saw. I would stop and, you know, pull over and talk to people and ask if I can make their portrait with no nothing really in mind of just like getting to know my neighbors, you know. So and I live down in Helena um, on the Bessemer side and uh, I would just ride around Bessemer and Woodstock. And when I moved here from Chicago, um, I was like, man, the South is a culture shock. I've spent a lot of time in Birmingham hanging out with Haints, like visiting and having birthday parties down here and stuff. But when I actually moved here and got to like drive around and get on my motorcycle and just ride around and meet yeah. people, I was like, this, this is different down here. You know, like it's, it's a crazy culture shock from where I come from. Um, so I just started taking my camera with me everywhere and I would have, you know, I would go and just kind of do the same circle and meet the same different people. And, um, it was a lot of people of poverty and a lot of people out in Woodstock, Green Pond in Bessemer, a lot of like very poor people. And I can relate to that a little bit. I grew up on the poorer side in Northern California. So I ended up like just in they were always like so happy and so just stoked and they always thanked God for everything that they had, you know? And I was like, well, that's fucking crazy. You don't have a lot. <laughs> and I was like, but you're still so stoked. And I, and I, you know, and I was like, I could really, everyone could really learn from that. Like yeah. you don't got a pot to piss in, but you know, there's a smile on your face and you're you're greeting me into your home with open arms. You've never fucking met me in your life, you know, like and I'm just coming in, hanging out. And um, I started making portraits of people and I was like, all right, there's something here. Like I can do a project with this. I was like, I just started asking people to write me letters of what faith meant to them. So I got like, you know, all these handwritten letters from these different people who are these my, are all just people you've met just, uh, just out traveling randomly. around randomly yeah, yeah just people like just basically just knocking on doors you know wow not necessarily knocking on doors but finding i always find a way kind of in yeah like not a sketchy <laughs> way but be like what's up is that car for sale like or you know like whatever like pull over and on my motorcycle and them just start talking to me and you know and go back seven or eight times with my camera just around my neck but never talk about it yeah so they just get comfortable with me and then one day i just like just start taking their photo and they don't think twice about it hmm. and my whole deal is like i want to uh you know bring a lot of these people have never seen a photo of themselves ever so like i'll take a photo of wow. them i'll print it and frame it and i'll bring it back to them and their mind is like man. kaboom and it's like a good photo man yeah, like, yeah. and it's like you know and that's you know that's what this is all about like you know something tangible that you can hold in your hands that's you know but getting back to the to the letters like i started like it was just faith in in different forms and you know mainly your typical southern baptist god form but there i have all kinds of different letters and so I started printing out the letters and I started printing out the photos and putting them together. And I was like, oh, there's something here. So, you know, I did my, you know, website with it and stuff. And um, and then it turned into a show. I went and showed it in Chicago a few years ago um, at the Robert DiCaprio Gallery at, at a college up there. Um, and 
then it's been sitting in my darkroom for a couple of years. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't done anything with it until now. So now, how did you? What was the? How did you make the connection with the Gadsden? Gadsden, Gadsden Museum, the Museum of, of Art. How did mm -hmm. that come about? Uh, my buddy Doug Balos. Uh, he's a he's a really amazing artist around Birmingham. Um, I, I call him my buddy. We've we've known each other very briefly, but but he <laughs> he's a really good friend of one of my friend uh, Brandon Smith, and he introduced us and. He, he's a pretty established artist in Birmingham, and he was like, well, I'm going to help you get some of this stuff seen. So he he did a lot of that legwork for okay. me, and he just – he I guess he, he knows the guys over there and was like, hey, check out this kid because I'm no, I'm no like, formal sure, artist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I carry around a point-and-shoot camera, and I – like when I had to do my show in Chicago, they're like – all right, we just, you know, and that was my buddy too, but he was like, all right, we just need you to present um, your CV, your artist statement, this, that, and the Throwing other. on all this jargon. Yeah. You're like, what, what like, is that? I was like, what the fuck is that? I don't have no idea what an artist statement is. He's like, well, you just got to write about it. And I was like, well, okay. So <laughs> through multiple friends, uh, my friend Jill helped me write that. And it's just been, you know, I've learned so much and – that's how you break into the elite world is, yeah. of, of yeah. the art, I don't know if artists. I'll be, yeah, I don't know if I'll be breaking into any elite world of that, but you know, any photographer that's worth anything, they don't get famous till they die anyway. Sure. So yeah. <laughs> well, everybody's doing it too. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I try to do different, and I like you know, I would I would definitely get. Um, I've been discouraged a few times from different projects and stuff, and and you know, I'm just be like, damn it, like. This is supposed to be fun. Whatever happens, happens. I just have to keep that mindset, you know? Like, yeah. Same thing I did with skateboarding, turn it into a job or whatever, and then, you know, got bummed out about it. So it was like, I'm not going to. Oh, that's cool. So, all right, well, let's, we'll get to that. Take me back. Um, you said you grew up in uh, Chicago or lived in Chicago. I was, grew up in California. Yeah, that, I, I was born in Northern California. Okay. In, this, in Santa Cruz. So uh, you don't have to take me back. To the very beginning, but what what kind of brought you here to Alabama and and the friendships you made where you started coming down and hanging out? Um, so living in Chicago, uh, skateboarder, moved, moved there when I was nineteen from California. Just like any transition that I'm sure you've heard from any of our other friends that have been on here, like skateboarding to motorcycles happens pretty easy. It's an easy transition. Yeah, and uh, so I ended up. Um, my buddy, we were riding to California, and we were riding from Chicago to California. It was my first time ever, like, going on a really long trip with my buddy Warren. And it was like, hey, I'm uh, riding to California. I'm meeting these guys in Allison, Arkansas, called the Haints. He's like, this was 13 years ago, 12 years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. And he was like, do you want to come with me? And I was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. So I'd never met these guys in my life. And I rode, um, we rode from Chicago to Allison, Arkansas, sun up to sundown, met them in the parking lot at a gas station, went to a, found a campsite, got completely hammered <laughs> and, uh, spent a month on the road traveling to California wow. and they, Dang. you know, instantly became best friends with all of them. Dang, so that's awesome. That is so cool. What yeah. were you riding? Do you remember? 
Uh, oh, yeah, I remember. Um, it was a Yamaha XS750 shaft drive, three-cylinder. Okay. I don't and know what that is at all, but it sounds awesome. It, yeah, yeah it, it was awesome until we were in the Mojave Desert, and I ran it out of oil, and I tried to um, fill it with oil and keep riding, but Dwayne and Nick and everyone were behind me, and I went to go past the semi, and uh, the case blew out. The shaft drive locked up. Oh, dude. And I slid under the semi, slid back. I blew oil and engine casing all over the boys. Dude. And that thing got left in California. And I flew back. you'd be alive, I, man. I, I flew back home. Oh, so, yeah. So, yeah. Um, a trip like that, you know, you figure out what you're made of and, and yeah. if you're going to click with certain people. Sure. So, you know, I those guys were a good fit with me, and I was a good fit with them, and we got along perfectly. And went back to Chicago and just stayed in touch. And over the years, um, Nick and all those dudes were nice enough to be like, "Hey, when's your birthday in March?" He's like, "We'll, we'll throw you a birthday party down here at the dojo." So I drive down and party for a weekend, and they'd throw me a birthday party, you know. And uh, I would go back home, and we've done many, many, many miles across the country in every which way. You've, and then. Uh, from there, um, in 2015, uh, Steph and I sold everything we owned, and we moved into a camper trailer. Okay, yeah. And, and we traveled the United States, and we were when we were traveling, we did like 42 states in just under two years, and we're like, all right, we want to live somewhere where we're 20 miles outside of a you know a semi small city. We want to have our own property. I want to be able to ride my dirt bike out my back door. You know, we had a checklist and we found this house out in Helena and it hit every single mark on our checklist. So we're like, all right, well, let's just live in Birmingham. It's going to be easy transition for us. We have friends there. We already had, you know, jobs set up. So it was a pretty easy, easy enough transition. Dude, that's awesome, man. Mm, yeah. Where did the idea um, to go on the road come from? Because you, you sent me some info about you guys had like an Instagram dedicated just to your travels and stuff. That's yeah. the one I saw. That's yeah. the one I was scrolling. And then I didn't even know that, man. Like when I originally reached out to you, I was like, yeah, come on, talk about photography. And I know you, you know, obviously, you know. Well, yeah, I want to give you something else like, to talk about. <laughs> really. Well, motorcycles are really intertwined with all your yep. photography and stuff. And I was like, yeah, we'll talk about bikes, talk about photography. And then uh -huh. you're like, hey, I got this other page. And I'm like, Telling Zach, I was like, I think this guy lives <laughs> on the road. He's like a nomad. He's coming uh, to hang. So. Yeah, that was that. That's old news now. Um, you know, we're tied down now. You know, mm -hmm. but, but you uh, did that for like two years. You said, yeah, 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 yeah. So living in Chicago for a long time, I you know, I became a man in that city, and it was definitely you know one of the best experiences of my life. But for me and my chick, it was just getting stale, you know? You'd go to the same bars. And Cold in Chicago, man. It's yeah. a little warmer down here, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, for sure it is. Dude, especially right now. East Coast getting hammered, blizzards. And no kidding, man. So stuff. I definitely, I, you know, I love it there, but there was no room kind of for us to grow. We, we you know, we were in apartments and... I was worried about gangbangers, like, you know, pulling guns on me or what whatever the city brings, you know, just all kinds of all kinds of amazing stuff and all kinds of scary stuff at the same time. And it was kind of just like, you know, I love this place to death, but I'm just getting we're just getting tired of it. Like, let's go try something else somewhere else. So Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that wasn't the plan. Uh the plan was to figure out like 
you know, where we wanted to live. And yeah, we ended up here and, and we love it here to death. Um, but that's what led to the, hey, let's just go explore the whole Yeah, country, so we, we, we had a we had an estate sale. We sold everything out of our apartment. We saved up 10 grand. We turned off our cell phones. We bought a flip phone. She navigated the whole country with a paper map. We had our iPhone still, but it would only work with Wi-Fi, so we'd pull in a McDonald's parking lot and look something up. Yeah. So we had no bills other than gas, insurance, and food, um, and then a prepaid flip phone that costs like 30 bucks that you buy at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so... And we refurbished the inside of a 1972 Midas Frolic. It's a little 14-foot camper trailer. Yeah, I saw some pictures That thing of looks it. so cool, though. Yeah. Yeah, I've really got sweet. Katie, if you flip over to the next tab, I've got that um, Instagram pulled up. Pull up a picture of that. Pretty cool. Yeah, that first photo on the left yeah. up top right there. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's it, it, man. Uh-huh. Dude, that's awesome. That is pretty cool. Yeah. So Do you we already have, have the van? No, I bought the van, so the van um, held my motorcycle in it, and um, Nick Resty actually designed that big wing on the side with the okay. frolic on it and all that. He designed all that, and put and we put that on there when we were just passing through Birmingham. We worked at JRAG for a little while, Okay, stayed at Daniel Bowles and Allison's house, actually right around the corner. Yeah, they're that not thi- far. That thing was camped right there for like four or five months. Just while you in their renovated yard. it and stuff? No, we were just working at JRAG and oh, stuff. Okay. But uh, yeah, with, with the help of a lot of our friends in Chicago, we refurbished the whole inside of that thing and we just kind of hit the road. And uh, we we had, we just kind of like looked at a map and we're like, all right, we got homies here through skateboarding and motorcycles and everything else, music. Like we got homies here and we'll go here and we'll stay with this person. And so we, we made it about six months without having to work at all. So we man. lived on five grand for about six months. Dude, man. And uh, then we're like, all right, when the bank account gets to five, we got to start working, you know, because yeah. we didn't, you know, we're not one of these like, you know, hip couples that were like, you know, generating all these followers and just being like, getting paid making a living yeah we're like YouTube we gotta fucking stuff. work you yeah know? Sure. so we ended up uh having to uh to work and we just did odd jobs like steph was a counselor at a hockey camp in upstate new york what okay. yeah she was like they're like you know about hockey she's like oh yeah of course oh, I do. Yeah. don't beat the other kids with the sticks <laughs> yeah. uh, so know. i'd have to like you know i'd be at the we'd be at the campground or whatever and i'd drive her to to work every day and be like good luck at the <laughs> hockey camp i guess yeah i just posted um, up at like a local campground That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh you know and then you know we refurbished someone's we tore apart demoed someone's house floor thing and i worked at different bars as a bouncer and that's cool yeah so but yeah we went all the way out to the west coast and all the way up to maine and everywhere in between we did about 42 states or so and just under t- two years man and then uh we ended up kind of back at our parents house in iowa and i was working in chicago for my buddy Bobby the leg, I was uh, doing metal fabrication for for him, and uh, I was like, "Listen, I love this and all, but I'm ready to be around friends, and I'm ready to have like a stable 
job. So it was never like, hey, we want to live on the road permanently. You know, she would have. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I would she imagine. She would have. You see all these YouTubers and stuff doing it, and it's like the hip thing. It's you the know? hashtag van life. Van man. life, yeah. And yeah. even he's done it. You know. Yeah, but like, I was not on the on the the hip part of it. Well, it's <laughs> it's hard to make the hipster list, but <laughs> for sure. But yeah. it just it seems like it would be it'd be kind of tough, you know, especially no. after spending so much time on the road. It's like, man, I we kind of like to have a home base. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? We called it relationship boot camp. Yeah. Because it was like, you know, we get in a fight or whatever, and it's like, all right, fuck you. I'm like, going right, to stand outside. She's like, fuck you. It's like, and I go outside, I'm like, all right, we're in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Uh, guess we got to figure this out, you know? It's like. want to make dinner or not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was like all the little piddly shit like day-to-day shit that you know you get frustrated about or situated about it's like there ain't no time for that because you got to figure out what your next move is mm-hmm. you got to figure out like hey i'm pissed at you and you're allowed to be pissed at me for a little while but then you got to get back in the van and we got to keep moving because or you can just fuck off like those yeah. are the options you know like there's no you just so we learned a lot about ourselves it almost ended our relationship honestly like it was close so we learned a lot about ourselves and we learned a lot about like what's important and like when this pandemic hit we're just like well this is fucking easy we're just mm-hmm. you know we're we're with each other all the time we've been with each other in a 14 foot square foot box we've for, been put to the test yeah it's yeah. like we were super prepared for for all this stuff people were like I'm, and I'm not trying to discredit anyone when I say this shit, but people were losing their minds being like, I have nothing to do. And it's like, they're like, I'll learn how to bake bread or whatever. It's like, okay, like you can be taking care of your health or yeah. something. Like, you know? <laughs> Go for a job. Yeah. Like, you know, but like, um, so, you know, I mean, I'm not to discredit anyone, like I said, but it, you know, we learned, we learned a lot from doing that right there and it's made us definitely better people. Cool. Well, I'm glad you ended up in Bama, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm very glad I'm here. We've been here five, five years now, I think. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I wouldn't have known it. Uh, just looking at your photography and stuff, I was like, oh, he's Bama native. Yeah. <laughs> Good, Dan. I'm a poser. <laughs> but I guess, you know, through your travels and, and maybe, when did you first pick up a camera and get interested in, in shooting photography? So I've had that, uh, I've had this, that little, we were talking about earlier, I've had that little Canon EOS 1N for since high school since yeah since high school since like 2001 or something and um i always would like bring it with me on motorcycle trips and be like you know just put it on program mode and shoot and the photos were great i kind of naturally had an eye for like what like how to frame stuff and Mm -hmm. stuff to look cool you know um were you the designated filmer in your skateboard Crew. No, I wanted to be, but I was a much better skateboarder than I was. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, oh, filmer. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that sucked for me, I guess. Uh, I'd have a lot less surgeries under my belt if I was the filmer, that's for sure. But, I mean, with that being said, like, I just basically, you know, just program mode, shoot, and hope for the best, and send my photos to Walgreens, get in process, and be like, hell yeah, these are cool, and put them in, a, put them in an album, you know? So yeah. I always kind of respected photography, but... I didn't consider myself a photographer by any means. I always had friends like I had friends that were much better filmers when I was skating. And then I got into motorcycles and I was like, I'm going to start taking photos of, you know, of my, of our motorcycle trips. And I did a little bit, but then I had one of the best 
motorcycle photographers ever, Josh Kirpius, was is one of my best friends, and he really? he he was like taking all the photos, and I was like, well, his photos are great. Like I don't need to bring my camera. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. So, and then we went on our trip, and I was like. All right, I'm gonna get a digital camera. This is gonna be sweet. This is 2015, yeah. you know, it's a little late to the game. But I was like, I'm gonna get a digital camera and I'm gonna like because I thought maybe it would help us like maybe get a sponsor or like have a sure. so we had a blog yeah. and yeah, man. you know, you're looking at the Instagram, but this is kind of where I've I gave up right there. Was this a part of the infamous blog that was super popular back no, then? No, the the Haint sixty nine blog spot. No. Okay. I don't okay. think so. No, that was their own. You may, thing. You may have dedicated okay, okay. Yeah, that was like their own like, That was their, their own thing. thing. Yeah. I definitely have been on there doing debauchery. <laughs> yeah, but dude. that's separate from this for sure. <laughs> okay. Oh, damn, um but yeah, so I started I same kind of thing is I got a a little Canon um fifty D. 50D. Yeah, okay, it's yeah. like the little man's version of the 5D. Yeah, and uh, I don't. Did th- it have the flip out LCD or no? No, 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 no. no, okay. no. That was the 60D, I think, that had that. Yes, yes, yeah. The 50D was just like like the step above the film camera, pretty much. But it was digital. It was nice, and I shot. You know, most of those photos you see there were all shot with that. And then um, I just tried to keep up with the Instagram and do the blog and. You know, try to be like, yeah, maybe someone will just give us money to keep traveling, and then that never happens. So that's fine, though. It's always the dream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we tried a couple times. But yeah, like, everybody well, like, tried. Yeah, I'd rather just work. Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather just like be like, I've been working since try to keep up with ten them. years old. So I'm just like, clout. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather just be like, this is so hard to like, because then you know, once someone starts paying you to do that stuff, you know, you're like at their mercy of just mm-hmm. being like, all right this is what you're going to post and this is when you're going to do it. And it's like, fuck that. Like, we're just going to do what we want to do. Yeah. And I'll just work at the bar <laughs> along the way. So, but, but um, you stuck with it, I guess, just yeah, as a passion. I, yeah. I stuck with it as far as photography goes. But even at that point right there, I really didn't even know what I was doing with the camera. Yeah, flip back to uh, the other tab, Katie. Probably has more of your recent stuff. Yeah, th- a lot of this is like a lot of this is just like it just lo- seems like just random like day in the life of Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I'm hanging out with Bob, and here's y- Bob's truck. <laughs> exactly. Know, or yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. If you scroll down a good ways, like if you get back, it'll go black and white, and then it'll get back into the color stuff. But um, a lot of bikes, a lot of butts. Yeah. A lot of bikes uh, and butts. Bikes and butts. Yep, for sure. But um, that I mean, that's all Daytona from our trip to Daytona, motorcycle trip stuff. But um, some rodeo action going on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, randomly rolled up on a rodeo, and me and Steph did, and told them I was the photographer, and they just let me in, and I just started shooting photos yeah. of people. Well, this is so rad. Like it's, it's like a cool way to document your so life. Mu- yeah, you know there's so I mean? much character. It's not just fucking selfies. Just fucking. Uh, yeah. Here's my face. Here's my dumb face again. Here's my face. It's like yeah, your perspective on things. It's cool to see it's it this so big. Rad. Yeah, thanks, man. It's fun, and you know, I try to just keep it real and and you know, raw. I guess that term is so weird, but I just try to just keep it candid, maybe. Yeah, and uh, I want it to be. Funny. I want it to feel. Real, real, you know, almost like you were there, like you were in the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a rough project that I that was the first documentary project right there that I worked on. Um, it's still an ongoing project, actually. It's called Through Mikey's Eyes. The guy in the bottom left there, that's Mikey. He's 
mentally challenged 36-year-old. I rolled up on them. Um, if you scroll down a little bit more, there's a photo of – keep going. There's a photo of them on the front porch. If you keep going uh, – there it is right there on the left. That middle uh, one? Yeah, that was the first time I ever met them. So that's him in the window there wearing a diaper. Angel, uh, I forget the guy on the left's name. I only met him that one day. And then that's Craig, his his father. In the middle. That's Mikey's father. He has since passed away recently. But Angel is the sister. Mikey's there in the middle. And uh, they were sitting just like that. And, you know, this that was the very first, you know, documentary photo I ever took in my life. Like, I was just like... Now was just, this just like a personal project you're doing, or, or it, just... it was just it was just me driving by in my car and seeing that scene right there and being like, "This is so raw." Like I just need to take a photo of this. Yeah, hmm. I was like, "I'm just sitting there, like, and you know, Craig has struggled. He's struggled with heroin addiction for thirty years. Um, Angel has a number of issues." That, that she's worked through and is doing better now. but And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it was just a, a really raw scene. So I just stopped and talked to him and kind of just, you know, introduced myself and was like, hey, you guys just sitting here look so cool. I was like, I'd just love to just make your photo. So I, they're like, yeah, I guess, sure, weirdo. <laughs> what do you say to that? Yeah, yeah. it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, people have sold. Especially told, out told, like rural areas. Well, know. people have told me all kinds of shit to fuck no, get fucked, or, you know, or, yeah, absolutely, or why, or, yeah. you know, I, I mean. What for? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm a skateboarder of 25 years. I've been told to get fucked many times. So the fact that someone tells me, no, you're not taking my photo, like, get out of here. I'm like, all right, no disrespect, but at least I asked, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. I've, and I've never really been met with hostility ever. Like, ne- some people would just be like, most of the time it's just like, you know. They just don't quite understand, but they're like, whatever. I mean, well, most of okay. the time it's yeah. it's yes. And sometimes it's it's uh, maybe next time. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, so that project just stemmed and – and then I started going over. I brought, you know, same thing. I brought them the photo back. Not that photo. I brought, like, a nicer photo of them together back. And um, I ended up. Uh, Ooh, Gip over there. That's awesome. Yeah, Mr. Gip. Yeah. And uh, ended up just uh, becoming a part of their lives. Kind of building that relationship. That's wild, man. I can't, one photo can lead to, like, a, yeah. a long relationship like that or, you know. Yeah, and I would take Bunch of cool stories. Yeah, and I would take Mikey out to lunch, or I would bring him, you know, some of my old clothes that I was going to go to the Goodwill because they they were struggling at the time. If you scroll up again, there's some photos of like inside the house. If you keep going, there's one where he that far right one right there. Yeah, that's the inside of the house. That's Craig inside, and if you go back. One more, I think there's one. Yeah, that's inside the house. So they 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 lived a rough life, you know. Yeah. There's no no electricity, no running water in the house, and uh, and this is uh, where is this? This is in Bessemer. Bessemer, okay. Yeah, but I became so close with with Mikey. He's like nonverbal, mentally challenged. I'm not exactly sure what he suffers from, but we're the same exact age, right? Mm. And uh, every time he sees me, we get 
he gets stoked. Like he's like, yeah, like, yeah just okay. gets fired up and it like won't let go of my sleeve. Like I'm giving him my, my headphones and he's listening to music and I was like, he well, loves it when you come around. Man. I was like, like I was like, awesome. yeah, but he's always positive no matter what. And it just kind of made the same thing. Made me realize I'm like, this is such a unique situation. So I sat, you know, Craig and, and his mom down and I was like, Hey, you guys have a really, you know, unique situation. I feel like a lot more of America lives like this than people know of. And I was like, I feel like it's important to to document this. I was like, I've, you know, you've let me take photos, but I want to kind of, and I didn't post any of them. I didn't show them to anybody or anything. And uh, just out of privacy, you know, I just had them. And then I started, and then I put it on my website after she was like, yeah, if you think this could help someone uh, down the line and show someone a real side of America, then you know, feel free to post it. Like we're not, we're not ashamed. Like this is, this is, this is real life. So, mm-hmm. so I would just go over there and hang out and we would, you know, just go get food or we would just hang out in the house or we would just, you know, and, and I consider them friends, you know, and I just got stoked seeing Mikey the same age as me and being like, how many steps away in my life or how my father raised me was I from being Mikey? Yeah. You know, it was like, maybe it was just two quick turns away from, you know, from being exactly like that. So it was like, it was, you know, it was interesting. Um, it was a lot of, of me just like kind of realizing a lot about myself in, in that situation and realizing how I grew up. Cause like, like I said, I mean, I grew up, I mean, not, not as bad as that, but a few steps away from being just, just like yeah. that, you know? So it was cool. I mean, I learned, you know, and I was still in contact with, like I said, Craig passed away recently from non-drug related issues at all, but um, I'm still in contact with Mikey and his mom and she, they're in a better house now They she has a new boyfriend and everyone's getting treated well and Mikey is doing good. And so, yeah, it's just one of those things is like, I, d- I never knew a camera could take me to that. Yeah. Well, it's rad that you have the kahunas to actually just pull over, go just meet people, people and get out and, and do that. And I think society, you know, we're getting more and more closed off with technology. And it's like, I don't even have to leave my house anymore. I can have food brought to me. I can have entertainment brought to me. I can work from home. You know, why do I even need to have a car? You know, like I don't even have to, <laughs> I never sure. had to leave my home. And, and to see someone like you that's still making an effort to go out and to explore, you know, especially like rural parts of Alabama and other yeah. states and, you know, places I've never even been. It, it's really neat. It's really, I don't know, interesting to me, especially that shows through your photography. It's like, where are you right now? Uh-huh. And who yeah. are you meeting today? And, yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of, a lot of really interesting characters. And my and, biggest uh, thing is cool. like, I try to just approach it and every person with respect. I'm not there to get a photograph. I'm there to make a relationship yeah. to be someone's friend. Like anybody could just go around and take photos of of people that people in you know unfortunate situations you know sure my whole deal is like there is like living here there's a stigmatism about Alabama and I tried to 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 break that and show people real people in Alabama that actually you know are of importance and that are 
breaking the molds. And sometimes the mold that you think just because it's a picture of them and then you read about them, like, like I have a friend in there that like, you know, he's got a Confederate flag in front of his house and he's dating a, a black chick and his and this chick was like, hey, like, you know, they were dating for years. And she's like, hey, what about the Confederate flag? You think we could like take that down? He's like, what? Why? He's like, she's like, he's like, this is guy Terry. And he's like, well, what's wrong? It's the South, you know? And she's like, that's, ah, you know, pretty racist. You know, how about we take it down? And she's like, oh, I'm not racist. I'm dating you. You're black. You know, it's like it's ignorance is, is, right, is, right. is, is, is ignorance, stupidity. But it's a lot of people. It's like, you know, you look on the internet, they're like, this guy posing in front of a Confederate flag. It's like, oh, he's fucking racist. Dude. Well, you immediately. It's like, oh yeah, snap and that's judgment. the that's yeah. the that's the millennial world that we're in today, where everyone is just like, sees something, judges it instantly, mm-hmm. and writes it off and cancels it and doesn't think about it twice. It's like, okay, well, I see a guy that probably doesn't have a pot to piss in, Confederate flag in front of his house. I'm going to go stop and just talk to him. And maybe he's shitty. Maybe he's super racist and, and some stuff comes out of his mouth. But more times than not, that's not the case at all. And that just and that goes for people of color. That goes for white people. That goes for Mexican people. That goes for anyone that I've ever come across. It's like I'd rather see it for myself than just drive by and be like, white trash right whatever you know yeah. like racist you know like that's no no that's not the way because i you know i grew up in a trailer like you know like i was like yeah that's too <clears throat> yeah i was like you know like i said a couple steps away from being like that so it's like why wouldn't i take the time if this is what i'm going to do why wouldn't i take the time to actually get to know these people yeah so that's my biggest thing it's just like being respectful i'm not doing poverty porn I'm just drawn to people that struggle because I could give a shit about taking a photo of some rich person or a famous person or influencer that bores the hell out of me. Yeah. Like I'd rather, I'd rather sit here and have a beer with, with, Earl and chill <laughs> and like you know talk about t- that Ford pickup he's yeah, been working on yeah yeah that yeah that I know nothing about so yeah I mean yeah I mean that's just kind of how I approach photography and try to show people something that they might not actually look at and this whole project was to show people be like <clears throat> kind of the punk rock side of me skateboarder side of me being like I know you don't want to look at this but you know. Maybe you should. You're going to look at it yeah. because that's real life right there, you know? And it's like, yeah, you don't like it. It makes you uncomfortable, but that's good. You should be uncomfortable. You shouldn't just be in your own little echo chamber bumble, bubble, you know? Like, that. that's that's boring, and it gives people perspective. And, I mean, I'm no innovator of any of this stuff. I'm just mimicking people that I look up to, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, dude, your photography's rad. Um Thanks, Have you had any uh, anyone approach you and, and offer to like like paid projects or anything that you've done? Um, I mean, as far as my documentary work goes, yeah, or just anything in general. I don't know what you do full time or like. So full time, I'm a low voltage technician. Okay, I, I pull wire for a living. For my, hey, me too, man. Yeah, right there, there, I work for AV company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All day long, I work for a company called Clearcom for one of my best friends, Bill. 
He told me not to talk about him so long on the podcast tonight. He was a real funny guy. Yeah, we don't talk about it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But he was like, uh, so he offered me a job, right? So I was working at Parkside, pandemic hit, and stuff was getting really weird around there with the pandemic. And I ended up, he offered me a job, and I was like, man, I haven't had like a... Was that your bike that was always parked out front at Parkside all the time? Mine or one of my 30 friends. There was probably. one in particular. Uh, I don't know if you had like the cross on the sissy bar or something welded to the sissy bar. Um, so my There was always the same <clears throat> cho- like chopped out bike right out front. And I was like, I wonder who that is. Yeah. Anyways, it was probably know. one of mine or... or, or no, a lot of the Haynes dudes hung out there. That was like... That was, spot, yeah, though. that was our bar for sure. But um, yeah, I would ride my motorcycle there all the time, but... Yeah, he would just he was he offered me a job and I was like, hell yeah, like I'm I'm bartending is kind of, you know I don't know what's gonna happen with this virus and all this stuff. These bars are closing. And I was like, I'm just gonna jump in here and I've been doing it for since the beginning of the pandemic and I I love it. We travel all over the country and do stuff like that. And That's awesome, man. So, but no, I've never been. I mean, I've had. Um, I know you take pictures of bikes and stuff like that. I didn't know if you had anything. Um, a lot of the dudes have, uh, you know, articles in like Dice and stuff like that. Yeah, I shoot a lot for Dice. Okay, um, yeah. sweet. Yeah, man. Yeah, and I, um, I've done commercial work here and there. Like I've shot a couple weddings. I've shot a couple, um, you know, just like I shot for Yellowhammer, their clothing. Um, I've shot for, you know, my buddy's restaurants, bars, stuff like that. So just like freelance gigs and stuff. But, yeah. I have a really unique style and not everyone's going to really vibe with that. And I can do any type of photography, but I try to stay true to my style. So if someone's like, they're like, Hey, we want you to shoot our wedding. I'm like, all right. Okay. Right. This I was is like, what it's going to look like. I was like, I are you sure you, that's what <laughs> you want? Cause like, it's going to be a lot of just raw film and I shoot digital too, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, I don't really, I'd like, never get paid for photos and like this whole um gas and museum of art uh show that's happening like i'm like oh museum like i don't like me right. <laughs> are you sure about that like i'm like you know but the show's already printed and everything's good and i talked to the director the other day and he was like i'm i'm glad that you're chill and i was like there's like do you mind if we do your photos like hold like put pins in the back of your photos and do them like this. And I was like, I don't care what you do. I was like, you oh, I'm sure the stuff they have to deal with as like a museum director is insane. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, man, I don't, I was like, I don't care. You're put gonna, gum on it. Yeah. I was like, you're going <laughs> to hang it up. He's like, oh, just so, nail it to the I wall. He's like, I'm so, he's like, I'm so thrilled. You're just so chill about it. And I was like, oh yeah, man. I mean, Dude, just, that's sick, man. We'll have to go to gas and check that out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did see, uh, nice. You were talking about your book, and you brought a copy of it. Um, you actually put together uh-huh, yeah. uh, a collection of photos. Tell me about this. What What is this that we have? Um, so this is just um, this is just a zine that I put together. Um, my friend Nick Brunson um, has a bindery out in Homewood called Banner Digital Printing and Publishing, and he's made every one of my books, every one of my zines. Well, shout out to Nick. We had him on during the Haste podcast. There you so, go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So him and his father have owned that company for 30 plus years. Okay. And uh, he's a, they're both very talented. So um, I had all these photos just like basically from cameras like this, just like, you know, a little point and shoot camera um, being like just bar life, just 
motorcycle trips, you know, shows, whatever, you know? Yeah. And uh, I was like, I'm sitting on all these photos, and I was like, and then recently, one of my good friends uh, passed away on his motorcycle. He got hit by a car uh, leaving, oh, le- leaving the dojo party a few months ago. And uh, I had, and I, and, you know, I was really tore up about it and stuff. And uh, I was in the dark room and I developed some film that I had laying around. And, and this, this photo was sitting there and I held the negative up to the light and I saw this photo. And that was the very last time that I saw him a few days later, he, he, he passed away, you know? Man. So Dang. it kind of, I sat there with this photo and just kind of like had a moment in my dark room and be like, what the fuck, you know? Like, that's why photography is so important, you know? Like, that stupid-ass grin on his face through his glasses, sitting there, we're we're getting ready to go to Rojo right there and eat lunch, and then he hits the road after that, you know? And I was like, that, you know, I was just like, click, there's my buddy, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, then he dies, and I come across it in my dark room, and I'm like, the fuck i probably have a million photos like this of just friends that like i just look at and i'm like all right there's fucking kenny with his dick out you know (laughs) or be like you know there's you know my friend callie dumping her boobs out or or you know there's homeboy drunk at the bar or there's nick brunson at haste and oh okay sick you know there's zach and you know it's just there's all of us at the river and it's just, you know, casual kind of just there's some a little bit of documentary stuff in there, like friends I have that I end up go hang out with, you know. So and a little bit of motorcycle stuff and just kind of like a home up like a it's stuff hodgepodge like, of different photography and stuff. Yeah, it's stuff that yeah. I wouldn't really ever do anything with that when I saw that photo of Cody and I was like I was like, let's make something that lasts forever. Like he's gone. Let me just let me put this photo. Let me make a print of this photo and put it down, and then let me see how much other photos I have like this. And you know, Nick was nice enough to just lay it all out for me, and um, this is what we came up with. And it's super simple. It's not like high quality. Like it's it it's, it actually is pretty high quality, dude. Um, I think so man. for a That's zine, awesome, you know. Yeah. But people were like, "Oh, you went spiral bound with it," and I was like, "Well, once you hold it and you start flipping through and seeing how easy everything and moves, lay flat, yeah, and, yeah, and everything, yeah, exactly, everything lays flat, and uh, you know, it, it ends up, you know, working out." So, um, dude, that's so sick. Man. It's just volume one. I have, you know, probably so many hard drives filled of shit like that from yeah. from these little type of cameras and stuff, and um, it's just maybe a little a little Bible of a time and place in my life, you know? So it's not supposed to be, you know, like I, it all started with my buddy dying, but it's not supposed to be that heavy. It's just yeah. a zine about my friendship and, and the day in life of, you know, just some asshole. So well, dude, that's awesome, <laughs> yeah. man. Like just being in the crew, you know, being part of your friends and stuff. I'm sure everybody, I'd be stoked if I had a buddy that like, Hey, here's all the rad times we've had. I mm-hmm. put together in a little booklet and you know, yeah. Like, dude, yeah Um, a lot of my friends are stoked on it some of my friends i'm like all right i'm doing a pre-sale for like three weeks straight and then they'll be like you know four weeks after the pre-sale and this shit comes out they're like hey man like what's up with that zine like can i get one of those i'm like oh my god i love you to death but i did a whole thing i I did a whole thing on the internet (laughs) like so i don't have to do this but yeah like every every one of my friends is supportive 
for of it for the most part. That you know, they give me shit about everything, but that's what friends do. So yeah, it's man. all good. Well, that's cool, dude. It seems like you're really dedicated to photography and what you're doing and stuff. And you know, a lot of people just like myself included, just took a bunch of pictures and then I just leave them on a hard drive and never mm-hmm. look at them again. You know, yeah. Just start printing them, printing at CBS. them and yeah. And shout out to my <clears throat> friend uh, Justin Self. He's a photographer. We had him on when we first started the podcast. He was probably one of our second or third guest and uh he travels all over the world he's actually on the road right now um maybe going to yellowstone or something i'm not sure where he's going but they're working on a documentary he and some buddies and uh he was selling some of his prints and i love this photo of the boat that he had it's a great uh, photograph yeah and he was like selling them and i think somebody else i don't know if i could talk about this but somebody else had actually bought that photo and i was like no 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 no, i gotta have that photo (laughs) and so (laughs) I was like, what do I got to do to get that photo? So we worked out a deal. And so I'm uh, sorry to whoever yeah. uh, originally wanted that print, but I was like, nah, I got to have it. Well, tough shit. You should yeah, have man. brought some more money to the table. So I told him I'd <laughs> shout him out. But man, I wish I, I wish I had the skills to do like good photography. I don't know. Maybe if I dedicated more time to it. Um, well, you clearly got yeah. all the equipment to do it with. Um, yeah. I think I think my problem is I would be going out of town or going on a trip or something. And because I'd, you know, doing like wedding photography and, and working for an AV company and just always working with cameras. Like when I'm finally doing something fun, yeah, it's not. I don't fun. care to document it. Yeah, it's like not I, fun anymore. I just yeah. I would leave my camera in the bag. You know, if I didn't absolutely had to have a picture, you know, iPhone, just take a picture. Yeah, and be done. Yeah. Um, well, that's the deal, man. Like that's where I was like, not. I was like, oh, maybe I'll be a full time commercial photographer. And I was like, why? Why? Why would I do that? Like, there's so many other people that are Sucks better the at life that. Out of you. Well, there's so many people that are better at that than me, and I just I don't want to turn something I love into a hustle and then lose my love for it. Yes, like, yes, dude. You know, that kind of happened with getting sponsored for skateboarding and stuff. Like, I lo- yeah. Okay, take me back. I you, love that. You mentioned earlier that you had a career in skateboarding. Well, um, it wasn't a career. I just got free shit. I didn't get paid really or anything. I, was, I didn't know if you were like working for like, uh, you know, working for Vans or you were actually skating. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you were shredding, man. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I was shredding. Yeah. All right. Sure. Well, take me back to your days of, of shredding. What was that about? And, um, I mean, I started skateboarding when I was eight or nine years old in Northern California, just going to Derby Skate Park and stuff. And, uh, getting my skateboard taken away from my dad for having bad grades and, (laughs) you know, him getting bummed out when uh, I decided that I didn't want to do Little League anymore and I just wanted to skateboard. And, you know, it turns into an obsession and you love it to death and I wouldn't be where I am today. I don't know if that's good or not, but if it wasn't for skateboarding. (laughs) Sure. But, you know, it teaches you everything. It teaches you social skills it teaches you determination it te- teaches you you know like just uh, street wise skills um you know uh so it teaches you about culture and about traveling and about you know keeping your head on a swivel when you're at a sketchy spot and you know so i loved it it was like i i grew up in the streets doing it every day and um I, I loved it to death. And when I moved to Chicago, it was just like, all right, here's a whole new world, like a whole new friends and everything. And um, I had sponsors when I was in high school and stuff. I rode for this company called Bain Skateboards. They were just a local skate skateboard company. And um, 
I was sponsored by um, 68 Skate in Pacific Grove, California. And then I moved to Chicago and I was on Vox Shoes. I don't know if you remember Vox Shoes. They were 88 footwear for a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, But yeah. they turned into Vox. And uh, then yeah. I was on... I used to love the 88 logo with the wings and stuff. Yes, I thought it was so exactly. sick. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, they had rad shoes, man. Yeah, they did. But that, cool that that's what turned into Vox, out. you know, Ed Dominic and all that stuff. Um, he Is turned Vox still around? I think they know? are, actually. I'm not sure. There was a lot of cool companies um, like Duff. You remember Decline? Remember oh yeah, Duff. like Decline was there. Yeah, Duff. Was I don't think sweet. they're around. I don't know if Duff's still around. They might be. I don't know. I, I had these wacky freaking lime green, all green. <laughs> those were the coolest like, shoes. tennis shoes, looking <laughs> those skate were the shoes. Coolest shoes. Dude, I thought they were sick, man. And uh, I think about you, my brother was a day. badass with those fucking white and black strap. With, with I looked like a clown, man. I'm sure I did. But, the long ass uh, hair. Yeah, those green right. Duff shoes. That's awesome. If I could get my green duffs and my uh, fallen uh, Beetlejuice hoodie, I yeah. just, I'm going to be right back in there. Yeah. yeah. I'll start scouring the internet and see if I can she, she, might not be, she might be leaving you before Dude, that happens. I was so. cool, man. <laughs> yeah, just as long as you keep telling yourself that, as long as she likes it, that's all that matters. Yeah. For sure. No, uh, but like I was just – I didn't get paid for skateboarding or anything. Oh, okay. It was just like I got free shit and I got to travel the country and – um I was, at, you know, my best. I was on Chris Markovich's company, Crim, uh, Given Skateboards. Okay. I was am for them, and then a bunch of shit happened. Dude, it's it's tough, man. It's a young man's game. It's uh, it is, man. And I was the dude, forty hours a week, working in a yeah. warehouse, like busting my ass throwing liquor boxes online, and then skateboarding and trying to get clips on the weekends. I I wasn't. It was like I had to be like, all right, you're twenty four, twenty three years old. It's like it's you like, gotta make it. Is this gonna pan out? Let's, let's decide what we're gonna do with our life. So it was just like you know, and then you know, torn meniscus, broken ankle, you know, and I was like, all right, I I got to still work. I have to yeah. make money. I don't have mom or dad to rely on. I don't have a savings account. Like I gotta go to work, man. I gotta drive my forklift. I gotta pay for my car insurance i gotta pay my rent because if i don't i'm living on my friend's couch if not on the streets so yeah. i gotta figure it out so it was like i never made the full leap to like trying to actually do it um sometime you know what i mean i, I and i'm never like jaded about it or anything i'm not like the 36 year old dude it's like oh, i could have made oh, it I yeah. yeah i should have done this there's tricks i think about that i'm like oh, fuck, i wish i did that yeah but you know, other than that, it's like, I I think skateboarding, I owe it everything. You know, yeah, skateboarding is. Me too, man. Like skating, just like defined who I was for such a huge part of my life, and basically, I am who I am today because of skateboarding. Yeah, exactly. Relationships you make through skateboarding, friendships, and just yeah. everything, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm gonna get another beer. How long do you guys normally go with these things? Usually about an hour, hour and a half. So we're kind of. I was like, I can fucking talk for Dude, three yeah, hours. No, Don't you, you? You just got to shut me off. Um. Yeah, no, we never really set a true time limit. It's just kind of like you can kind of tell when the conversation's starting to run dry a little bit. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. With the Haints dudes, um, have you gone on? I know they take like a super trip every year, mm -hmm. and, and then they take smaller trips and stuff. Um, any cool, memorable? Bike trips, besides the one where you almost got killed by an 18-wheeler, <laughs> locked up your bike. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, man. Yeah. I've been on numerous super trips. Um, were you on the trip where they all dressed up in painting attire? Yeah. The white trip. Okay. Was, yeah. Yes. Yes. That seemed, was. That seemed pretty epic. Yeah. That was a great one. We went out, we didn't really have, uh, you know, anywhere that we wanted to go in specific. We, there was a bike show that we wanted to go to in Charlotte. So we went there and then we're just like, let's go to West Virginia, I guess. And, I can't remember whose idea it was to wear all white, but it was it was a ridiculous <laughs> thing. It, there was an idea to for everyone to shave their eyebrows off and take everyone <laughs> shave their eyebrows off and take a trip with your eyebrows shaved. Or that might have been for the next trip. I'm getting them all mixed up. But did you ever do the eyebrow no, shaving? No, 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 no. But the white the white pants thing. I don't know if it was Robbie or John or. Someone, I don't know, they had the idea of like, let's just wear the same pants and same shirt, white, and they have to be white because, you know, we're bikers, we wear black all the time, yeah. you know, brother. But like, <laughs> yeah. it's a joke, but it's, uh, we're like, you know, let's wear all white and just see how fucked we are. Like, let's just see how Don't fucked. change. Yeah. yeah, no, we didn't. And I took photos of everyone, um, Actually, published uh, Nick published a book of that whole trip. It's called Lost in Appalachia. Really? Yeah. Maybe he mentioned that. On the, I know we talked about that trip. Um, I don't know why that trip stands out in my head. Yeah, I have a I have a whole book I categorizing that. that. So um, I'll have to show that to you guys sometime. But um, yeah, we wore the same clothes the whole entire trip, and I remember us being at a gas station, and this guy comes up and he's like. To our buddy John, he's like, "What's up uh, with all the white?" And my buddy John goes, "Oh, we're uh, we're riding for a cause." And the guy's like, "Oh, what's the cause?" And he's like, "Cause we're bikers." She <laughs> <laughs> just looked at him, was like, what "The fuck is wrong with you?" Like, okay, dude, yeah, whatever. And like everyone, you know, you'd get different people at different gas stations. Be like, "Did you guys just get off of work? Like, are you a painting crew that only travels <laughs> yeah, with motorcycles?" Travel my bike, yeah. Like, what the hell is going That's on? That's our gimmick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was fucking ridiculous. We got so we like it was insane. And you know, and I think that was the trip where we tried to take dirt roads everywhere too. So we were just ultra fucked, like sleeping in the dirt, like in the middle of the woods of West Virginia, going like crossing rivers and stuff on our Harleys and getting stuck in state parks and getting yelled at by the cops. And Now, what are you riding? When you hit the road for a long haul, what, what are you on? Um, I have a 1973 Shovelhead, which is a Harley Davidson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was my uncle's bike back in the day, and he died on it in 1988. And oh, then, dude. Yeah, yeah. It was a shrine to my aunt for 20 years. And then she one day called me up. She's like, well, she told me before, she's like, you can come, you can, uh, when I die, I want you to have Uncle Jimmy Shovelhead. Cause I was getting into bikes that I had like an XS650 chopper. And, uh, and I was like, the wow. The same one that exploded on you? No, that was an XS750. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> but right. yeah, close enough. Um, but she was like, yeah, uh, you know, when I die, I want you to have this bike. But then she calls me a few months later, and she's like, hey, you can come get this bike whenever you want. And I was like, I was like, oh, shit. Like, are you dying? Like, what's going on? You just told me. She's like, no. She's like, you rode on this bike before you were born. She goes, uh, your Uncle Jimmy used to give your mother rides to the hospital when she was pregnant with you on this bike. Whoa. So, Whoa, dude. Yeah. Heavy history there, man. Yeah, yeah. So, Do you have a picture of that anywhere? 
Um, um, I click do, back out of this photo, Katie. I don't think I have a photo on. on I recently uh, disabled my personal Instagram just because I wanted to focus on my photography. Oh, okay. So there's not going to be a photo on here of it. Um, uh, well, actually, there's a photo of it on that American Frolic on that other tab. Yeah, is that the bike you took in the? Yeah, that's it. If you not that one. If you scroll down, there might be a better photo of it somewhere. Um, there it is on the right, right there. Yeah, it's in it's in pieces right now, but dude, that thing looks awesome. All right, yeah. let's talk about the. Is that a crazy Frank? It is. Fender? Look at you, is that man. What that is, Mr. Okay. Biker. All right, holy yeah, yeah, yeah. shit. I don't know. Not much. a lot of people know about that. I know, man, and they are hard to find, dude. They are, yeah. Um, that's I a Frank's. Was, I love the Frank and the like, the King Queen. Uh, yeah, so too. that wasn't. Dude, that, that's so sick, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, that's not what my bike. That's not what my uncle's bike looked like at all. It was pretty much a stock FLH, fat bobs and a and a bob fender and all that. But yeah, that's what I turned it into, and now it's in pieces and it doesn't look anything like that anymore. But I've had it for about ten years now, so I try to redo it every so often. So I would have seen that around town, maybe. Um, at yeah, some there's point a portrait your... of him on the gas tank. So he looks, he kind of looks like Bob Seger. But my friend po- painted a portrait of him. Oh, okay. On the front of the, on the top of the gas. He looks like, he would get like, why do you have a portrait of Bob Seger painted on your <laughs> gas tank? I was like, I love Bob Seger, man. And a lot of people are like, why do you have a portrait of yourself painted? Against on your the gas wind, tank? dude. Come I'm on. Like, yeah, I'm a fucking asshole. I got a portrait of myself <laughs> painted on my own gas tank for sure. What the fuck is wrong with you? That's not me. It looks nothing like me. Um, but a lot of people get, I like get a lot of people. Jesus, um, Bob Seger. If you go back out, there might be another photo of the gas tank somewhere. Um, but we don't have to search too hard for it. it. Sounds annoying. I'm interested now. Well, we can find it at some point if you yeah. uh, shoot it to me. But yeah, man, the uh, the Frank Fender, that's cool. Yeah, I, I don't know the history of all that stuff, but I do know when I was trying to find them, they're like really hard to find. They're really expensive, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, you basically have to fabricate it yourself. Or I don't know if you can well, buy them pre-made for like certain bikes or what. Well, the they're expensive is. forever because Crazy Frank went to jail and he's been in prison for. Th- don't quote me on how long, but a long time. But he recently got out of prison, oh, and he's okay. redoing all those fenders again. So he's making them again. So he was like the dude that created that design. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He was a member of the Galloping Goose Motorcycle Club. He was the president, and I'm not going to speak of what he went to jail for, but he went to jail for a long time, and he paid his dues, and he's out, and he's back in the scene, and he's making fenders again. Wow, okay, cool. Yeah. I just thought that was like a... I mean, I, I guess it well, was can a we tribute go back to, to it because I hate to be the dude, but I what the fuck are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. All right, so well, I'll let him tell you, but yes, on the back of the bike, it's the the fender on the rear. Okay, uh huh. See where the seats attached to, and that silver thing that comes up out of the back. Yes. So if you see behind my exhaust, see how my exhaust points up like that. Yes. So those are shocks. So a lot of people. Uh, in the 70s and 80s, they would run rigid frames, which those shocks wouldn't be there, and it's right. just a it's just a rigid bike. Yeah, right. dude. And so you so you can make a king and queen seat easy with a sissy bar and all that stuff. They go straight from the wheel yeah, all the way up. Exactly. So, but if you wanted to keep your bike swing arm, this was an alternative to having a king and queen seat with a sissy bar, with a um, 
with the tail light and the license plate bracket all in one. So it was all encompassing, and they called them the rear connections, is what they were called. Crazy Frank's rear connections. Okay. So, so it gives you that comfort of a soft tail, but it still looks mm-hmm. rad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you still I have that you. sleek design. Yeah. So it almost looks like there's no shocks there, especially because mine have covers over them. They're, they're solid covers over them. But yeah, that's that's that was his alternative to being like, all right, you just bolt this thing on and go, which isn't. Sure, those, it's not those, that easy. Yeah. Those stock fenders, if you bolt them on where the swing arm tabs sit, uh, where the shocks mount on the swing arm tabs there, they sit like a foot and a half above the wheel. It looks like a dirt bike. Yes. So you want it to get that low profile without <clears throat> yeah. bottoming out or whatever. So what I did is I, I – this is what he tells you to do is you cut those shock mounts back and you move them back and you re-weld them. So that brings the fender down closer to the to the tire. So it still has room to move, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's all you kinds of... You still bottom out oh, if yeah. you go over What's a big hill or something. You get a big big girl <laughs> big girl on the back of that bike, you'll bottom her out, no problem. Or big boy, you know, whatever. You, whatever. I've had homies on the back of that bike and been like, I smell burning. And he's like, it was like... Oh, oh it's the rubber. Don't worry about it. I was ass. like, oh, yeah, you're fucking, your fucking tire's on fire. Like, like pull over. <laughs> like, you know, I've had so many grooves because there's, there's uh, bolts on the inside, and if you push that thing down far enough, those bolts will go oh, dude. get dug in. But that's that's rare. That's cool, man. Yeah. So you've taken that bike on like long trips and stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. Chicago to California and back, around Lake Michigan. See, I asked Nick and Dwayne when they were here, you know, they're all riding like rigid frames. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that has to be wow. murder. I've never yes. ridden one, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it just seems like it would be so brutal. And they're like, no, it's comfortable, man. It's not bad at all. Yeah, they're full of shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, they're not. Like, like it's there's... like the equivalent of getting in like a Red Rider wagon and being dragged down the road. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty a close. Shopping cart, you know. Pretty damn close. You're not off with that one. Yeah. So I had a rigid for a little while, but th- these those dudes have had rigids forever. Th- this was the hand I was dealt with, right? So I could turn that pretty bike into a into a rigid easily. I could, you know, cut the rear end off and weld a you know a hardtail on it. And everyone was like, "Are you going to do that?" And I was like. This was, you know, 10 years ago when I saw that, what a crazy Frank Fender was. And I was like, no, I want to put one of those things on it. Like, those things are fucking whack looking, dude. They're no, so, it's not, dude. Dude, but 10 years ago, you can get them for 200 bucks. Really? Yeah, you can get them with the seat. I don't think they look whack at all. I think yeah. they awesome. So, like, they, those things were hated on when I had one. Really? And, and I just, and I was like, fuck y'all. Like, I think it looks cool, you uh, know? Dude, I'm with you, man. So, That's I rocked awesome. it. And then everyone, you know... <clears throat> Not saying I'm a fucking trendsetter or anything, but like every, years go by and yeah. they got cool again. And I was like, I bought mine for 200 bucks for my buddy with the seat and everything. They're like, now they're $1,500 yeah. if you want a used old shitty one. Yeah. So, but um, that that was the hand I was dealt. So I've always had a swing arm bike, you know? And um, that, I mean, it is what it is. Like, yeah. I, if I had a, if I had a, I wasn't going to cut up my uncle's bike, you know? Yeah. I was yeah, going to leave the that. frame and the, you know, everything is, is as close as I could because one day that frame will be worth as much as a straight leg frame mm-hmm. that came from the factory, you know, 60, 70 years ago. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Dude, but, that's awesome. Did you have to do much to it to get it running after it sat for 20 years or however long? Ma'am, so I took it back. Um, it got shipped to my buddy Warren's shop in Milwaukee. We took it back to Chicago to Bravetown, and uh, that was our our motorcycle shop, kind of like the dojo is here. Okay. We're, we're almost like 
you know, all of us have been friends for years. We're like sister shops pretty much. But took it there, and, you know, I didn't know a lot about Harleys because this was my first one. So I learned a lot through those dudes at Bravetown, and they're all older dudes, and they've had Harleys for longer than me. And they, you know, I learned everything I have learned about a motorcycle has been through them. So they got it. You know, we put some new points, put a battery in it, put some fresh gas in it, cleaned the carb, and it fired right up. Like, really? first kick. And I was like, this is mine. It's running. Like, it's been sitting Dude, for that's 30 awesome, years. Man. You know, so it's a, you know, it's a great feeling, especially like when you take it all the way down and you take the motor out and you take the motor all apart and you put it on this table and you put it all back together and you have your friends that have made your handlebars or this, that. I'm no fabricator, but I'm not a bike builder at all. Like, I can piece some stuff together, but I have friends that are bike builders. Yeah, and yeah. You know, I'm a skateboarder with a motorcycle. <laughs> so, so, and I, I, I'm not ashamed to say that at all. I don't give a fuck. So, but I have friends, you know, like I always try to include my friends that in, in my motorcycle. I have a vision, you know, that I want to see happen. And that's a cool collaboration for me. So, like, my buddy Jeff Wright made that pipe. Um, my buddy Bobby the Leg made those trees which are narrowed 41 millimeter trees raked out yeah man um my buddy scott craig gave me that rear wheel uh dave polgreen made those handlebars for me and the list goes on so it's like you got a piece of your homies yeah and right now i have so many friends that are you know like my buddy kevo made my my new pipe and my buddy sam made my handlebars and my buddy cody that passed away actually made my trees my my new uh triple trees on my bike so i'll have a little piece of him forever on yeah. my bike so he made those from scratch so oh, yeah. you know so it's cool it's cool to you know have a piece of history that i've been on since before i was born and watch it go down the road and ride it next to my friends who are doing the same thing I guess every winter does it you just get the bug it's like oh, I'm going to change this I'm going to change this and just Well it's break weird it you do and, and, you do in Chicago yeah. cuz you have a winter. Here I can ride year round. There's well, you, no winter here. Technically you could. It's a little chilly it's like the past couple <laughs> yeah. of weeks man. It's been a little, you know. Yeah. I think it's going to get down to like what I think they said tonight's like the coldest night of the year so far. Oh really? Like what? 17 or something. No way. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, You're about to look it up. Not, for me, fact check it. You know, not having ever lived in Chicago, when it gets down below forty, it's like, dude, it's cold. I don't know about this? Uh, oh yeah, we're talking negative forty in Chicago, <laughs> dude. My friend Nick, he just bought a, uh, a twelve hundred Sportster, and yeah. I went and helped him pick it up. And the day we went and got it, it was probably like it didn't get above fifty. I was like, dude, it's a little chilly, man. Yeah, so especially when you get moving, up. too. Yeah, especially no. when you get moving the windshield. It gets cold here, and it's a different type of cold, too, than than up north or anywhere, you know? Like, it's a wet cold down wet here. Wet cold. It's weird to say that. Humidity. It's, sounds terrible, but um, how do you know about motorcycles? How do you know what a crazy Frank's fender is? Just my dad was always into bikes and riding and stuff. Oh, and cool. And so um, I, uh, my first bike was a Honda Shadow. Yeah. It was, like, all chromed out. Hell, yeah. Um, just bought it off a dude off Craigslist. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, um, my dad upgraded to a Road King, and I inherited his uh, – he had a Kawasaki Vulcan that we still have. And we've kind of, like, made some uh, – done a lot of stuff to it, put, like, a peanut tank on it because I always like the Hell chopper yeah. look and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right behind this wall behind you, I've got a uh, Softail Evo Harley that I'm going to be taking hopefully tomorrow. About to... damn time. Yeah. I know, dude. Well, <laughs> dude. well, I told you I went and took 
my buddy Nick, shout out to Nick. He just uh, he had some money, he wrecked his car, and he's like, man, I'm a, I don't have enough money to buy another car. There's not really any deals right now, but I found this 1200 Sportster this guy's selling. Nice. Looked I like at a it. Style. it was beautiful. It was like a 99 <laughs> car. Hell no, let's get a bike. So yeah, he went yeah. and got a bike. Nick Willis, he's awesome, and um, it's the first bike he's had in like seven years, and so that kind of inspired me because I've had this bike sitting down here for a while. Because I've had the other, I've had the Vulcan to ride. Well, it's hard when you have two bikes. I just got another bike, and it's different. It takes you're just like. But you well, were you were that? saying earlier, like you're not a you're not a fabricator, and neither am I. And I started pulling it apart, and really, I, I felt like I was over my head. And I've got too many projects going on. This podcast being one of them. Yeah. So I know I'll probably never get around to it. So I reached out to Nick Resty, and I was like, Hey, man, yeah, who would you recommend that I could take this to that could just give it a, a thorough looking at and tell me what it's going to take to get it right. Loaf. He, loaf. Yeah. So he mentioned Loaf at Sanctuary uh-huh. Cycles, yep. and I messaged him, and Loaf's like, bring it on, man. It looks yeah. awesome. And yeah. so hopefully yeah. Loaf's going to get me on the road. I'll I show was, it to he's you. He's a great guy, man. He'll he'll do you solid. I was at, I was hanging out with him earlier today. Okay, sweet. Yeah, he's yeah. done a lot of work for – he's really good with all types of bikes, but he's specifically good with, like – Newer bikes, like I have a 2001 FXDP, a Dyna Defender. It's a police okay. bike. Oh, and, wow, dude. Awesome. Yeah, and I don't fucking know anything about it. I was just like, oh, it's twin cam. I bought it from my buddy. He's like, dude, yeah. yeah. He's like, you just turn the key and just ride it. Go. And I was like, okay. And, you know, that's the case most of the time. But sometimes there's issues, and it's an old cop bike, so there are fucking wires on it that go to the moon. And I'm like... I was like, I I don't know. I don't know. I'd rather just be like, I got a lot of shit going on. Like, I'd rather just pay my buddy and see him win and see yes. me riding a motorcycle. And I'm like, dude, you need to put food on the table. So let me give you some money, and I'll be on my bike, and I'll learn something while you do it, and we'll be done. Yeah. Yeah, that was me. I was like, if I'm ever going to ride this thing, I need someone else to just So just it's a it it's an Evo, though? Yes. Oh, sweet. Hell yeah. Um, what year? Uh I knew the year when I first got it here. It's been down here for probably about a year and a half. Yeah. And so I was kind of forgotten about it. Um, yeah. No, but that's one of the on best the motors that Harley ever made is an Evo. It doesn't matter what year it is. I need to uh, – I'll show it to you when we get done yeah. recording. But Hell yeah. Yeah, man. It's uh, hopefully uh, – he said he had a couple of projects right now, but hopefully he can get to it and kind of – if it doesn't break the bank, you know, we'll get it back on the road. And yeah, just start. Around, yeah, so. just is it everything there? Like all it's the... all there, man. The only thing is, it's just been sitting. So okay, we found the bike. I say we. My dad had a coworker whose dad had the bike originally, bought it new, oh, and yeah. they think that maybe he had a scare or something happened because uh-huh. one day he just parked it and then he never touched it again. Yeah, and it literally just sat there for like twenty years. And for anybody listening, I'll put a photo of it up on on the page but uh that'll that'll happen Especially so this it's day just been age. sitting there but it's got oil in it and so we think the motor's basically good everything's kind of dry rotted mm-hmm. so a lot of the hoses will have to be replaced if not mm-hmm. all yeah obviously new tires and then there's some rust in the tank so yeah. that i don't know how difficult that's going to be to restore get the rust out you know yeah they make this stuff called cream that just you just put, put it in, there in and, and then, shake it around well yeah you get some old nuts and bolts to get all the rust out and then you line the inside the tank and depending on how bad it is that you should be fine yeah but so i don't know yeah, yeah you'll be fine man i it'll hope be, so i'm uh it's an I'm evo psyched man I'm it's psyched. an evo yeah dude so hopefully loaf will get it going man yeah I'm if psyched. you had low for nick over here um well know, i asked nick I just like, to get nick, you work on bikes and nick's like no i don't work on bikes man i just work on my own thing <laughs> he's like but I'll, I'll give you a friend of mine that can do it and yeah so i was like okay so no that's solid for sure 
Yeah, that's a different age riding a motorcycle today because everyone's fucking doing this, mm-hmm. you know, and not paying attention to you on two wheels. And it takes them to move two inches to end your life. Yeah, dude. So it, you have to be an aggressive rider. You know what I mean? You got to have your head like, you know, you guys are skateboarders. Like, you'll be fine. But you have to be three steps ahead of everybody else. You got to be looking at each light and... I just watch people's wheels and be like, all right, are their wheels moving? Like, you what just, do you do? Yeah. yeah, you just watch the wheels, and if the, the wheels start to move, you just slow down and make sure that you can stop. You're not, like, stressed out, but you're just aware, and it makes you a better person. Yeah. It really does. It's, it's like... tune. <laughs> that's kind of the same thing with skateboarding, right? Your head's on a swivel. You're always paying attention. You're aware of your surroundings, and, you know, you, like... I've been in a bunch of motorcycle accidents. I know how to fall. So. Ooh, man. <laughs> so. Well, that's scary. You said when you locked it up, I was like, oh, that's a death sentence. You know, that's, oh, man. Yeah. I was just happened, my motor just happened to blow up when I was passing the semi and just locked up and like slid and like. So you couldn't even pull in the clutch or anything. It would have just, no, I mean, it was locked I, no matter what. Yeah, I don't think so because it was shaft drive, shaft, like yeah. a damn car. So it just instantly started going side to side and just locking up and i was like i didn't yeah it's amazing you're still with us man that's crazy it always it always buffs out (laughs) well dude this has been a rad conversation man talking with you about photography and we could probably nerd on bikes forever so uh, yeah thanks for coming to hang absolutely uh, thank you guys man if anybody wanted to check out your photography or pick up your book you got here. Well, with a bunch you, of really they odd... can go to Sanctuary Cycles and pick that up. I have four copies there. Okay. But I did a pre-sale for these because, you know, it's a lot of money to front all this stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I did a pre-sale for them. So, and I was, I'm like, I'm like, do the one batch and get it and get one while you can. So it makes it kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, rare and cool. So... I you know I sold about a hundred copies of those and there's some at Sanctuary Cycles. Um, he he was kind enough to buy one, so go over there and Sick, grab man. one if you want. So. Support love, man. but I don't have any to sell, just for the record. <laughs> but you do? Do you sell any of your prints or yeah. anything like that? If somebody was interested in one of your yeah, if you yeah for sure, yeah. man. If you okay. want, if you if you see something you like on my website or on my Instagram, or I've taken a photo of you in the past, just. Hit me up and you know I'll I'll get you a print gladly easily. Sweet. Well, Jeremiah, thanks, man. Thank Congrats. you guys, man. It's a pleasure easy. being here.